Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Lock-In Podcast of 2022. As ever, this is a show that seeks to lift the lid on the life in the trade by those working in it. With me, as ever, are my competent co-hosts, Heath Ball and James Cuthbertson. Heath is not to be confused with fellow Australian Heath Ledger. Mainly as a small matter about three foot in height, considerably more hair, and last time I checked, Heath Ball certainly wasn't a joker. And I'm alive. I did, yeah, I did guy, have that guys, joke, but I got told did. I couldn't do that joke because it was too near the knuckle. What do you mean? Well, people might have been offended. Heath Ledger okay. fans, things like that. What? You can't say that he's dead? Well, I said it was a fact, but... Yeah, it's a fact. You can't, like, you can't glaze over that. Shall we re-record that with the joke, then? No, Let's do that again, mean, shall we? No. no? <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> James has recently embraced the gently pastime of fly fishing. To date, he's caught six flies, one blue bottle, and a confused and rather angry wasp. See, detail there. Blue bottle is a fly, so really, he should have been six flies, including a blue bottle. Uh, well, true. Just, I mean, I was just trying to go for a third oh. one, and I couldn't think of uh, uh, maybe horse I didn't fly. want to get that. That's a fly as well, though, surely. Yeah, it's a horse fly, but it's yeah. a fly. So well, you could have gone to six flies. I may oh, fly. You could have done all sorts of things. Help me. <laughs> Fuck. Well, I'm just saying, if you're going to put, Look, if you're going to try and line something up, I mean, let's let's be accurate here. I mean, make the effort. Yeah, fat nah. bastard. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, welcome to the uh, the first uh, episode of the year. Um, what a way to start! Absolute jam. Yeah, why not? What a good one. I mean, did you have good Christmases, Heath? Good to have the family back. Yeah, well, they're away for most of Christmas. Mm. That was quite nice. Mm-hmm. I worked a lot though, so yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't get really chance to spend quality time with myself and a bottle of wine. But um, yeah, it was all right. Yeah, mm. James. Um, it was the it was the annual festival of um, family being around really bad wine. Oh, excellent. Thinking, yes, Do you remember? Yes, How yes, am I going to yeah. get rid of this? It's embarrassing, yeah. honestly. What, what was the worst you got? Um, oh, what's it called? What's Red. that? No, Yellowtail. Uh, Yellowtail, yes. Yeah, yeah Yellowtail. Yeah. Oh, what a shocker. I've got a great story about them. I won't bore you now, but their music oh, industri- It's never stopped you before. <laughs> <laughs> no, about them and an industrial solvent to get more juice out of the grape skins, but we'll leave that for another time. Oh, no, it's horrific. So, yeah, it was fine. Brilliant. They all came around. I didn't, didn't actually have a drink on Christmas Day. Really? Nope. I had a ma- well, I did when they left. I had a little celebratory glass. You had 900 on my, points, yeah, yeah, on my own. It was like, oh, lovely. Uh, Sat in my pants and watched reruns of <laughs> Back to the Future. Too, too much information there. Anyway, so we are picking up the pieces post-Christmas with this episode of the Lock-In, which is now going to go fortnightly because apparently James and Heath are busy working or something. So um, we shall see how that goes. Unless, uh, unless yes. a big sponsor comes in. <laughs> just thinking. <laughs> just, just bear with me on this yeah, one. <laughs> we, we're out of Christmas miracles. <laughs> Um, yeah, you're right. But never fear, we've got a great show lined up for you with some top guests. We'll be taking a look at how Christmas trade went and speaking to Sharon Heron from the Keel Row in Northumberland to hear how her rural community pub fared over the festive season versus James and Heath's more urban offer. We'll also be taking a look at finances with First Business Rescue's Chris Warden to give you some top advice on how you can look to make ends meet with the current situation and time ahead. And we'll be talking food and veganuary with the Vice President of the National Farmers Union, Stuart Roberts later on as well. I can always already hear you murmuring and you had a little I, I, sigh. No, honestly, I think we should all just go vegan, the whole planet, so we don't have to fucking listen to these people go on about it. <laughs> what just you know, so what are they, they going right. to talk about then? What yeah. are they going to come and go? You know what? I'm a vegan. Congratulations, we all are. What next? Mm. I'm just well, bored of it. We will be discussing this later. Then so, they're fit uh, to meet. There's, there's a little taster of Heath's uh, <laughs> views on the, uh, on the subject. So, uh, before we look at that, let's have a look at some of the things that have been making waves in the last week or so. Um, you two wants me to talk about the Irish minimum unit pricing, which has 
absolutely bugger all relevance. No, I think, it, I, I think like, the look, UK. But, no, no, just bear with me, mm. let the conversation for okay. right? They've brought in this minimum pricing, right? Did you see how much it is? It's not like Scotland where they put a, like a small amount. He's 50p. Got, yeah, well. these guys have gone crazy. Like, it's you proper. know, a slab of, slab of Guinness was 18 quid, now 39 quid. Now, it's got to be good for the trade because mm -hmm. it's probably cheaper to drink in the pub yeah. than it is at home. Mm. Yeah. So will the UK government follow suit at some point? Are we going to see this? Because the supermarkets have had a way too easy in this mm. country for too long. So it, I think it would be beneficial to the trade. But it's a slippery slope, isn't it? And I think you've, you've seen it in Scotland. Scotland, it's part of a broader anti-alcohol approach. And I think when you start talking minimum unit pricing, do you not fear that it's just one step towards more control, more restriction? And yeah, okay, it's, it's time to the off-trade, but you know full well they yeah, do like to put restrictions us. on us, yeah. and then they'll start coming after True. us. And it'll be, oh, we need to maybe restrict it in pubs. And it's just... For yeah. me, it just feels like. But it's but what we're really surprised, both James and myself, is how much they put mm. on them. It mm. was an ins like, you know what I mean? It mm. wasn't like a small discouragement. Like I can, it was it's huge. Yeah. 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 Do, Do you we know what, what is what, what was the minimum unit price then? Uh, I don't know what was the actual. I mean, it's got to be no. more than Scotland because the Scots are oh, not that size. Like, it, like a bottle of vodka is twenty two fifty in, in Ireland now. Right. Where you know what I mean? That's gone up. You know, and that's for that's for Smirnoff. Is it varied between different things? Because that doesn't sound that bad compared to, uh, as you were saying, the Guinness one. Well, the Guinness has got, Guinness has doubled. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, the alcohol percentage of Guinness is four percent. Is four percent. Yeah. So the minimum unit price isn't going to hit it that much. I wouldn't have thought. Surely. Oh, What's the count of count of Guinness? Two units? No, it can't. Can't be two units. Can it? A unit and a half? Don't, I don't look at don't look at numbers. You never count these units. No, because you're trying to have fun. It's too horrifying. If you're not sitting um, there looking at cans, calculator runs out of zero. It's not the problem. It's, uh, but but it's scary. Is, but, like, but, but, but there the is thing, some catch up, though, isn't it? If they did come closer to us, it would be a slightly fair play. When, when they sell below, you know, they sell it as a loss, you know, to get people in. It's but, but does that not upset the brand as well? I mean, I'm not sure that Guinness would be that upset. Obviously, it could be impact volumes. But if they get more in the pub trade, it's more profitable, I'd imagine, to sell to the pub trade than it is to. Well, that's always the argument, isn't it? You, you surely it's more profitable uh, through the, through the on-trade. The off-trade the off is a volume game, so mm. any minimum unit pricing is going to absolutely screw that volume game if people stop buying. It's expensive, though. Yeah. Imagine like, 39 quid for a slab yeah. of Guinness. But it was like Stella, wasn't it? When Stella yeah, but if it's that or a choice between coming to your pub and drinking with you... Uh, yeah, good point. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like a bargain, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> <laughs> Two slabs. <laughs> um, well, there you go. Um... The other thing, extended licensing hours for the Queen's Jubilee looks like we're going to be getting a... What a load a of I mean, shite. That's eh? going to solve everything, isn't it? Oh, Two God. years of Sorry, terrible guys, business, but it's all fine. Yeah. They, they, they just... They like it just they just got no idea about us, have they? After two years of everyone screaming for help and saying you're killing us, you're killing us, they really don't care. Mm. And the arrogance of the government's just been proven again with this party again. Like, mm. it's just... Like, what, we can open late on the Queen's Jubilee... Most of us have late licenses, well, you know, normal, you know, licenses yeah. that go quite late anyway. Let's be honest. Really, going to do that? You know, you know, knowing our luck, we'll g up for a big event, and the Queen will die two days before. <laughs> oh, I hope we're not playing that in court. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Where were you, Heathrow? <laughs> two days uh, found scaling the <laughs> with my crossbow. Yeah. <laughs> One oh. for the colonies. Do you, remember, yeah. do you remember when you used to have that podcast, Ed? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like, well, well done. Job. It's just another, it's like, the, you know, so many people go to us, like in the pub and they're going, oh yeah, but you've got some money lately from the government. You go, 6,000 
thousand pounds. If you're lucky, if you're lucky. I was going to say. Yeah. I mean, if how you're many lucky, got that? and you can't, like, and you can't get it anyway. No one's got it. Yet. Well, we've got yeah, it in the locker. Yeah. yeah. But the red, the, the Winlock, the not even on the website. Yeah, you can't even access it. So yeah, this no, this got other, other operators are saying the councils are making them jump through hoops and hoops and hoops again. Really? Because yeah, you've got to reapply. I got to say, I went onto the Mid Sussex one, and it was like. Uh, what do you call it? Pre-fill the form. So take the old form, pre-fill it. You have to put a line in about why you're impacted. That's quick, quick, easy. Mm. easy. Done. Boris. Done. Yeah, yeah Boris. Yeah. But it's done. But it's, you know what I mean? Like we, we've all bit like that. I, you came out with that stats in the morning advertiser. It was like, like the average pub's lost ten grand. Mm. Like, where is this average pub? Mm. <laughs> like, well, I know. It's, it's, like, it wasn't our stats. We reported them. They were, they were from uh, I think UKH and. Um, BBPA also came out with some for Wales. But it's like, just we'll like, it's, you know what I mean? Bit, like, if we, if you really knuckle down on all the businesses, everyone's like, we got oh, 10,000 sounds, yeah, sounds pretty and, low, but that's the joy of averages. And we it? just, we know what's going to happen. We're going to go into April. Uh, that's going to go back up. We've got new minimum, uh, what do you call it? Bedeal. Wage. Oh, We've got national insurance contributions going up. We're just going to be hit harder and harder. And we're going to be told we should be grateful that we're open. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? This government is so out of touch. So out of touch. Um, other thing I saw was um, IKEA is cutting sick pay for unvaccinated workers who have to isolate, so they're just going to get statutory, uh, unlike vaccinated colleagues who will get full pay. You couldn't make it up, just like the furniture. <laughs> I didn't even give you that joke ahead of time. No. That's how bad. Yeah. That's how bad hey, his brain is. It's not bad. I actually think that's all right. Yeah. What, you think doing that? Yeah, why not? I know, which, but, but hold on, I just... But then you're a, discriminating against the unvaccinated, yeah, which, just depending yeah, on where they you also, They're on QAnon and stuff like this, get, you know, punish them. <laughs> I, I just, it really, I don't know, like, it's, it's just getting messy now, isn't it? Like, if you're in America, I see the article, you guys obviously didn't read it, but in America, there is no, there is no, there is, yeah, there is no, you don't get, there's no sick pay. Mm. So a lot of these, you can imagine how employees have gone, how many employees have gone to work knowing the COVID positive, because they need the cash. The bigger crisis amongst this all is that um, it would bring to light how many of your staff are anti-vaxxers. That would be the real. That would be the real scary thing, wouldn't it? If it's What's a big that? number, because you know the nutcases. I mean, what, at IKEA. Yeah, I mean, I have to say, I've had the microchips swinging around in me for ages. I haven't felt it once. I wonder how much their workforce is anti-vax do they say yeah but that'd be interesting right I don't know I'll have to, uh, have to look into it I wasn't that interested beyond just the general concept and are they asking for proof they'll obviously ask for some sort of documentation wait, 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 wait. I had a customer ring up and ask me if all my staff were maybe vaccinated maybe they tattoo the staff yeah. maybe yeah but I had a customer ring up and ask if all my staff were vaccinated and they wanted to before they came I said I can't look Give me that information. Personal it's medical information. It's none of your business. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're not going to come then. Good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Off you go. Job on. <laughs> um, well. I mean, you could take the, the, the approach of the French president, of course, which oh, is uh, piss off, trying right? to piss them off as much as yeah, possible. Brilliant. Which, I mean, is one approach. But uh, it's just out it. Like, all that you've got, like, you know... It's gone mental, hasn't it? Everyone's... Mm. I think there's, there's, Look at generally it. speaking, if you choose not to have the vaccine, I mean, you can't be forced to have it, but if you choose not to have it, then you've got to accept there's some sort of consequences, surely. Is that is that not a fair thing to say? And yeah. I guess that's what yeah. the French well, president we don't, I suppose, is saying. I suppose we don't know the long-term yeah. effects of the vaccine, but we don't know no, the long-term long effects, long effects of not having the COVID vaccine and getting COVID. Yeah. We don't, we don't but, know, but it's not know. cutting through, is it? They're not cutting through to these people, this stubborn percentage. They clearly, no. there's nothing that's being said now. And to what's the percentage it. in the UK of unvaccinated? I'm not sure it is nationally, but I know London's just ridiculously high oh, yeah. unvaccinated. So it's isn't one it? in three, isn't it? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's yeah. high. Yeah. yeah, but 
until no. you put restrictions, why would you change your mind? If that's your way you're well, well, you can't even. It was Italy. You can't even go into a cafe or a gym or anywhere now. Like you basically, right? yeah. your, your your options are really limited. Hmm. Um, moving on slightly, we have um, a pub that is incentivising staff by paying cryptocurrency. I don't know whether you saw that. I yeah, say, did you saw it? Actually, if you were quoted in it, yeah, was, um, but I, but I, like, they didn't quote me fully because. All right. I, so uh, we I, didn't quote you fully. No, because we? I, we what I did say was. Can I cut him off now. No, when, when Elon Musk came out and bought loads oh, of cryptocurrency. Cool and then said he'll take cryptocurrency to buy Tesla. Yeah. didn't take him long to turn around and change his mind on Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because yeah, he, he turned around and went, oh, hold on. All we're getting is, like, you know, criminals buying Teslas <laughs> with, with, with <laughs> drug money from, tes- from cryptocurrency. Rather than blacked out Mercedes. Yeah. yeah just so, oh, well. do you know what I mean? Like, I think it needs to be what a bit... What are you bit, driving, James? <laughs> it needs to be a bit more mainstream and a bit more regulated till we know, you know, I think it's all gimmicky and it's a great little bit of PR for that pub, but it's not, it's not in real world right now. You're not going to be it's uh, fun. adopting that, then. So. Man, it's hard enough keeping control of everything else that's going on. To have some some weirdo come in in a trench coat and a dodgy hat going, you take cryptocurrency. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And there's Tesla out the front. <laughs> not that we're generalising about Tesla yeah. drivers at all. I'm sure there are plenty of legal, uh, law-abiding Tesla drivers. Yeah, but it didn't take him long to to change his mind on that. You know what I mean? And, Indeed. You know, so if, if they if they if they change their mind, I can see why we can't. And then, uh, and finally, before we uh, before we move on, um, I, th- I thought it was quite interesting the difference in nations at the moment. If you looked at sort of the UK, is very much talking about coming out of COVID and planning to come out mm. of it and all the rest of it. And then Scotland is talking about more restrictions, weeks of restrictions, possibly even years of restrictions. It's ridiculous. The the language is. But just did you see? Totally did you see the head of the? I haven't so- even looked at Wales. You, I mean, the head of the scientific out. board came out and said, I can't remember his actual role, but he said, oh, yeah, maybe we got it wrong. Maybe yeah. we got it wrong. All these restrictions versus England that haven't had these restrictions were actually... Yeah, little or no effect. Do you know what yeah. I mean? We're not coming out of COVID. We're going into the next phase of COVID. It's going to be a couple of years before mm. before it's gone to the stage we would like to think we have a free life. But, mm. you know, the sooner we, we get back to normal. But we still need... It's what kills me. The government talk like, well, it's all over, it's all okay. We've been hammered for the last two years. At least keep VAT at a reduced rate. Mm. Look at business rates. Give us a chance. That's yeah. why I think the uh, the associations have to be very single minded on. They have to get joined up on one issue, and and go and go and go at it. Yeah. yeah. Well, the VAT, the VAT, like we, we, you know, the VAT, like anything, that's going mm. to twenty percent in April, mm. and then we get we're going to be paying fifty percent of our payable VAT business yeah, rates. rates. Yeah. And then we've got you know, look at look at my electricity at the red. It's gone from sixteen grand to thirty five grand. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just like that's because your wife was away. <laughs> Okay. That's a joke in that somewhere. I don't know. I'm not going like, to go, pursue it. But um, but like you know, we we still need like not that we, I don't want handouts from the government, but I want some s- sort of fairness. And I think we need we need to be fair and look after this industry. And they the problem is they don't care. We we show the level of respect that Boris has for the country and the people in it, parties and everything. So I think you know, it's scary though. These are supposed to be pro business, but they're mm-hmm. not. They're mm-hmm. just hammering us with taxes. Well. Let's leave that one there and we'll move on to uh, the next uh, guests. You're listening to the Morning Advertisers Lock In podcast, and we're taking a look at how Christmas trade went. To help us do that, we've got Sharon Heron from the award winning Keel Row in Whitley Bay joining us. Welcome, Sharon. Thank you. Hi. Good to have you with us. Um, I mean, despite all the gloom from a lot of operators out there, you've actually had um, uh, quite a good Christmas. I mean, uh, tell us a bit about that. How, how did it go for you? 
Um, I, to be honest, we didn't really see the, the booking started coming in in August, September. Um, and my diary was pretty full. Um, and I, I think we did put a lot of hard work in, just like every operator does. But yeah. I, I put it down to the fact that, I mean, you, you couldn't get any more better dressed for Christmas than this pub. Um, it was amazing. I mean, everything we did, my son does it all. And people thought I'd got somebody in to dress the pub with all the arches and the lights. And it was very tasteful, very Christmassy. And the comments we got were phenomenal. Um, we didn't we didn't technically have any cancellations. So you, we you, may your, have had... Your bookings, you know, you took the bookings and, and they stayed that day. They, you didn't lose those. I didn't. No. no. I okay. probably didn't feel anything until in between Christmas and New Year. Okay. Um, but not major. Um, and I, the, only, the only really um, turnover I lost was due to me because... Mm. I didn't do Christmas Day. I decided right. in July and August we always do Christmas Day and it's a bumper day for us. But with all the costs going up and the wages high and I, I, I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know whether they were going to pull the plug and say mm. you have to put restrictions in and then I would not I would have made a loss because I would have reduced, reduced my table sizes. Mm. Um, I decided against Christmas Day and probably to be honest won't ever do it again <laughs> it's the only i'm open 365 days a year well from now on i'll be open 364 <laughs> one day off one day off a year that's uh absolutely i mean with those bookings then i mean were you doing anything different did you manage them or was it just yeah i mean why, why did you avoid the i mean actually heath and james what was it like for you in terms of bookings? Were you seeing cancellations? What was it's different at both pubs? Um, the Red Lion, I stayed, I, I stayed away. Ooh. Ooh. Sorry, I'm sorry. I thought, I thought it was James. <laughs> I was going to say James. Down, boy, James. Down. I'm really sorry. It's all right, don't worry. Let me just get rid of these dogs. Go for it. They must have heard about the closing at Christmas. I think it's Both against it. it. Yeah, yeah, dead against it. Well, they heard Heath speaking and thought, hang on, that sounds like a dodgy voice. Sorry, gents, the dog right. walker came for the dogs and the dogs have gone nuts. <laughs> oh, we thought it was Heath. Sorry, yeah. but, uh, anyway, sorry, Heath, go on. Um, well, I st- like, sort of looked at Christmas back in October, probably before that, and thought, yeah, it's going to be a mess and I don't want to do any large groups because I can just see if one person had COVID at a Christmas party, they're all going to be in contact and you're going to lose a lot of people. So we did a maximum of eight people at the red line. And if you lost a table of eight, yeah, it was a table of eight. And we had the marquee this year, which we never got to use last year. Um, so Christmas really was, yeah, we're really busy. Like we were lucky. You know I mean? Again, like, like up there, um, we have strong local regular clientele. We closed Christmas Day. We were going to open, but changing our minds. I'm glad we did. Um, but yeah, we were busy. Yeah. It was, you know, and but the, you were getting cancellations. Yeah, but we filled them because it was just like, yeah. do you know what I mean? It was only like we lost a table or two and we'd fill it back up. So yeah. we didn't, we, we weren't experiencing, you know, what a lot of the industry was experiencing. We were quite lucky. Uh, and what about a lock car change? Yeah, down here in Sussex. We, I mean, I think our worst day we had 150 cancellations heads. But covers. We, yeah. Covers. But we filled them all. Right. So as he said, it was kind of, there's lots of pent up demand, so we're fortunate. Because you've got excess demand here, haven't you? You've got a, yeah. a, a smallish site. Yeah. You know you're going to have that. that so you get your walk-ins yeah. and all the bits and pieces. So, yeah. and of course you use social to let people know if there's a bit of room, and then they come. Um, mm. But relatively, it, 
just some days are a bit of a weird atmosphere you know particularly a certain you know uh, but it was kind of different because what you found was like smaller groups that you get like you know the accounts group would go out rather than the whole the whole business or department with smaller groups but it was fine you know mm. but you didn't it's quite nice because you didn't have the big parties that kind of kill the mood in the place yeah it was full of you know full of um sixes and say he says up to eights yeah yeah uh, but you can manage though if you lost a few yeah. you lost a few yeah, but um I'm, yeah i mean sharon what about you were there big groups or was it just lots of small groups we probably did the opposite because we get a lot of elderly people we get a lot of bowls groups we did two lots of bowls groups while you're talking two 25 to 30 bowls groups not he's got excited Bo- sorry is it bowls bowls yeah, carpet bowls. Uh, okay, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like bowling. Yeah. Yeah, you get the ball and you roll it. On, yeah, but on we, we play it. We have grass in New Zealand, so we play it on the grass. <laughs> <laughs> sort of been in the summer, but yeah. it's a little cold in the winter. Yeah, a three-week gap in the gets summer. Bit, it gets a bit muddy in the winter, <laughs> yeah. particularly in the Absolutely. Norms, but, uh, anyway, sorry. But we, yeah. I found with the... I mean, we, we were doing tables uh, from 20 to 30, 35, and... If I'm being honest, uh, and I I thought we may have lost some of those because with them being elderly and worried about catching corona, but um, maybe if I had a 20, maybe 18 came. If I had a a 30, maybe 27 came. So we did the opposite. And and I know the the big tables are quite hard to manage, but we managed the diary around them on times. And as long as they came on time, then we managed it quite well. But I've done it for 14 years and we don't really change anything other than the decorations and I've had the same kitchen staff, which I'm lucky to have for mm. 16 years, even before me. Um, so we know we know what we're doing, um, but I did expect to get a lot more cancellations by watching the news yes. and the social media. And I was thinking, I mean, not, some, not far away from us, the poor man up the road was losing 50, 80% of his bookings. Right. Um, to you. And kept putting a pillow. <laughs> was that, was he losing them to you? Or was it just generally? Uh... No, he didn't. He definitely didn't lose them to me. It's a different kind of place. But right. I just I don't know whether it's because he has a smaller venue and they were worried about ventilation. And I mean, he had it right. Do you know what I mean? But mm. I think people were really nervous. But I just want to pick up on what one of the guys had said. I don't know. I don't know which guy it was. But they're fairly interchangeable. Was, <laughs> yeah, but uh, it was it was. It was a weird December, like I've never experienced this December before. Right. It, although we were full of Christmas and we had everything going and the music, and it just didn't feel like December. Of course, the weather was quite nice as well. Um, but all, even all the staff, and it was lovely, and the atmosphere was lovely, but there was just something about it this year that just wasn't the same no. as in previous years. So even though you had that 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 sort of uh, strong trade and all the bookings, it still just felt a bit flat. It, uh, I wouldn't even say flat because we had good party nights and everything. Mm. I, I don't know what it was. It was even. I mean, all the staff were saying, "Oh God, I, it just doesn't seem." But mind you, sometimes you didn't have time to think because we were too busy running around everywhere and saving all the food. And um, I just there was just something different about this year. Mm. I don't know whether the other guys picked up on that. Yeah, but I, think, mm. I think people were definitely, there was definitely an edge in the air and the elderly were a bit more concerned about catching it. So 
there was a lot of yeah you could definitely some nights you could really feel the, the tension in the air and I think people just if, yeah, I don't know I think people just a bit worried and you know, we've been Definitely. fed a diet of it, weren't we? Yeah. I mean, this is the thing. It was this sort of constant drip, drip of fear of you know. Yeah, no one you really knew how bad Omicron was. No, you know what I mean. So. Yeah, that timing was interesting, wasn't it? Because that was yeah. end of November that broke. Yeah, well, they did us no favours. We all know that we got yeah. stitched up again. I mean, the the before Heath goes off on the rant about the government because uh, he tends to do <laughs> that, and uh, we've taken his tin hat off him today as well. But um, I, I mean. Do you? I mean, what what made you different? Do you think? What makes you? I mean, you're you're a more rural pub. You're very community focused. I mean, is that it? Is that what what enabled you to to retain that business? Is that to me? Yeah. To you, yeah, Sharon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely. I mean, I, I, it's a combination, and I think it's a small part of it. But for us here, I mean, as you know, we did all of lockdown, um, and I was lucky enough. I, I, I just made a note there, and I know that's not Christmas, but we did stay open the whole of lockdown for takeaway and delivery. Mm. And um, I made more bottom line profit in lockdown, trading for four months, than I did in 12 the previous year wow. with double the turnover. Um, and I know <laughs> I know part of that was due to, I did get 44,000 off the government in grants, and um, obviously it went through with sales, but... I think a lot of people were loyal because we'd fed them in lockdown mm. Um, mm. and they wanted to spend Christmas here. So when we were open, they were booking. Yes. Um, but it's kids, it's dogs, it's senior citizens. We literally cater for everybody. Mm. And it's a nice drive too. And it's a nice place. Um, we put the sleigh outside, man-sized sleigh, and we have a Santa's grotto. And for the kids, there's a lot for the kids to do. Mm. Um, there's a lot on the party nights for the adults to do and if you cater for everybody um, and somebody says oh the party nights are really good at the Kiro shall we go and, and year after year it just gets bigger which is which has to be good absolutely absolutely and just uh, we're constant time but I mean looking forward how you said it, it sort of dropped off a bit during Christmas and New Year how's January looking for, for you guys at the moment to me? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, we've been, I've been on the bar today because I do, ha- unfortunately, I do have two staff off with coronavirus um, and one of them works today, so I've done it. Um, and it, it's been a nice steady flow. We've done quite a few meals today. Um, I, complain, I can't complain about last week's takings because they were really, really good. I've sold out for Valentine's because as soon as one event finishes, our next event goes in. So we advertised Valentine's on the 2nd of January and I don't I, I filled my book for January for Valentine's um, <laughs> and then we'll move on to Mother's Day and then Easter yeah 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 yeah. so looking looking good going forward absolutely fantastic fantastic how about you Heath are you uh, fully booked for Valentine's I didn't even think about Valentine's <laughs> I, like, I try and avoid anything well you've met your wife yeah I don't want to give a <laughs> um, I haven't even thought about Valentine's I sort of swerved that night anyway because I just I don't like Flowers, flowers, yeah. Just, just remind you of your loveless relationship. <laughs> when you see someone else having a lovely time, see all these happy couples. Yeah. I'm like, oh god, <laughs> that's Why? what it's supposed to be like. <laughs> Why doesn't she love me? <laughs> <laughs> on, on that on that happy note, um, <laughs> I'm going to pull the plug. But thank you very much to Sharon. Really appreciate you taking the time to chat to us. You're more than welcome. <laughs> Thank you.
This is the Lock In Podcast with myself, Ed Beddington, James Cuthbertson and Heath Ball. We're taking a look at the post-Christmas trading conditions in this episode. Let's have a look at the current challenges we're facing, guys. So we had the pandemic last summer, um, but now we've got the self-isolation challenge. I mean, how's that impacting on, on you guys at the moment? I had one week at Christmas where I had eight people off. Eight. At the red line. Because Eight. of isolation or they just isolation. didn't want to work for you? They don't want to work for me either. Probably just faking it. Passing the same COVID photo yeah, around all the yeah. time. It looks like the other photo of the electoral protest. Lovely, lovely to wear um, one week off. But yeah, it's just, it was just, you know what I mean? And these, these are people who are literally at home with no symptoms, who've done a test before work yeah. and tested positive, but feel fine. Yeah. And it's not that they can work from home, is it? You know what I mean? I'm not saying... Not? No, not in hospitality. <laughs> um, so, you know, I think it's... It, you know, and I sort of ended up paying those people out of their holiday pay, you know, saying you can have the option because no one can live on 93 quid mm. a week. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Mm. You know, so yeah, it was, it, it still is a bit of a, I've got one guy off now, um, but it's just rubbish. These guys are okay. Everyone's okay. Do you know what I mean? They're not, yeah. they're not sitting at home sweating in bed. They're actually fine. Well, they might be. I'm a lovely old time. Yeah, well, that's well, it. yeah. It's just, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's just not easy and, you know, it's, it's hard. It's hard on the rest of the team. Well, what about here? Mm. The, the same, same. Yeah, we had yeah. quite a high burn rate before Christmas there, but um, sort of just muddled through, really. I mean, how do you manage it? What, what, do, you, what do you do? You just do more hours in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's That's not like it. being a journalist. You don't, really, you don't just write less. <laughs> oh, are you calling it? Are you calling it a journalist? <laughs> I was going to say, I'm flattered. <laughs> oh, no, you no, it's the nicest know. thing you've ever said to me. I know. I must have had a pint or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's the nicest thing you've ever said. To yeah, me. I think everybody, but like you know, I've heard like chains moving people around, yeah. prioritising the busy sides. Busy sides. Mm-hmm. I spoke to your mate Dave. He's got those pizza places. He was doing closing one and opening, moving stuff around. It's just hard, isn't it? Do you know yeah. what I mean? You're dealing with all that, and then you're also dealing with like the mental health of everybody as well. Mm. Then you've got you know supply issue chain problems. You've got you know you've got loads of problems. You know, it's just it's never ending. Mm. You know, so it's you know, Christmas, like we said, it wasn't much fun, and then you're dealing with all that, and it just, you know. But at least the government understand us and they want to support us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, that's they the want to help us get us back on our feet. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. That six grand came in handy uh, when it comes. If you get it, yeah. In when next year? I think, like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Hackney and Haringey. What hope have we got up there? Mm. Don't um, hold your breath. Yeah. But it's in, it's in generally be interesting because the, the supply chain issues aren't going away. The financial pressures are increasing. Mm-hmm. They're okay right now because no one's busy. But yeah. everybody starts... You know, we've got all, a lot of the problems now with Brexit and the, and the de- declaration of goods coming in, mm-hmm. you know, from the 1st of Jan. We, you know, once all that starts, you know... And, and, and the, the staffing's not going away. I mean, that's not... Well, I, I, was, like, I was just thinking that now. I mean, you, 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 you had a load of them off. Mm. Over, over the Christmas period, conveniently. Yeah. Um, are they, do you think you've kind of had that that that, that peak? Has it burnt out? I'd or? say it's burnt out. Mm. If, if anybody. You're not going to yeah. have, theory, you shouldn't have them. Just really, really left, well, you don't know, do you? You know right. what I mean? You could have breakthrough reinfection. Keir Starmer you know I mean? keeps fancying a few days off, doesn't it? Get, well, it was, he's infected, had six, so. six isolations and two cases of COVID, but he's had to isolate six times. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, what do you, you know, it's. It's not just the tricky PMQs he wants to avoid. <laughs> yeah, send Rainer out. He there. doesn't have to do anything, though, does he? Really, <laughs> he, can, he can sit in the back and be quiet and just let Boris burn himself down. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's gonna, you know, it's going to be interesting how it goes. January is a quiet month, so it doesn't. You know, you can you can afford to run on a smaller team, but you know. I mean, the, 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 you talk, there was a lot of talk about you know 
trying to encourage your teams to sort of be sensible. You know, I, that must have been so difficult in the, in the run of Christmas. Now. Everyone you wants can't to go out. To do. I mean, that's the top, the top of the bottom. Yeah, I mean, he tries. We, we, had two, we had two go out. They were working the next day. They went out to a party or they went on a pub crawl around like loads of pubs. Next morning, did lateral flows from coming to work and then, oh, I can't work. Mm. And it's like, man, that's two members down. Mm. And then it just roller coasted from there. It was just burning through London like at a crazy rate. Do you know mm. what I mean? It's just, but like I said, no one was at home dying. No. They're okay. Yeah. So, you know, sitting at home, burning through Netflix documentaries and stuff, you know, like it's sort of. That's so, a frustration, isn't it? Yeah, so. it's, you know, and then everyone else is worn out, knackered, knowing these people at home just watching TV. Mm. You know, so then you, you question some of their, you know, some of the commitment, you know? Oh, I don't know. It's just, you know, the, the thing that frustrates me is the government keeps on talking like it's all over and we're okay, we're okay, but. We've been hammered for the last two years. We've lost Christmas again, you know, and then here we are, like we haven't had meetings with people talking about like the guy getting them on, talk about debt and restructuring and yeah. how, how we survive. And, mm. you know, one thing that is, is evident is that we really are on our own. Mm. We can have all these trade bodies screaming as much as they like, but the government just does what they want. The arrogance of them, they have parties, they do what they want and they don't care what anybody thinks. Mm. Yeah, so, and what hope have we got asking for that to be 12.5% for the next couple of years? None. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They're asking, you know, like they're all saying about rising living costs and they're saying, can you just, you know, drop VAT on eating? No, 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 I can't do that. Stop doing the national insurance increase. Yeah, we need the money. Mm. You know? mm. Well, they've got to claw back all those 6K grants that they gave you. Um, yeah, it's an insult. Yeah, I, I mean, you mentioned supply. I mean, is that, you're not worried about it at the moment because it's quiet, but that's obviously a an issue burning away in the I think once, once everybody starts gearing, gearing up and getting into going into you know getting busy again you know you're going to see it like mm. you know pre-Christmas Royal Wine Supplier they were suffering trying to get stock out and then mm. the, the government came out with all that you know Omicron and all that and they, they, they went quiet you know everyone's sort of so it's going to be interesting it's, and have you seen a, a, a delay from you know those those Cancel Christmas events moving into January or something? No, it's nothing. That was a nice no. little press, isn't it? Yeah, yeah we're going to move our party over. No, they're not. We cancelled our Christmas party today, didn't we? We're going to take the guys out from here. But again, you can't do it. Well, just no point putting them in the room. room. No, yeah, that's what I mean. mean. But that's what I mean. People aren't ready to do Still that, even if they were. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. You can't afford to put, like, imagine we take all the, pub, the, the, no. the guys out here, so they get it. And then we're having to shut the pub for seven but days. It was like a magic thing. After Christmas, it would be okay. But it, no, it's still not, not out of the woods. And you can't, as an employer, you can't afford to take the risk. And, and how is the uh, how are all those dry January drinkers finding your uh, non-alcoholic offer in the pubs? Who guys? cares? <laughs> we've got them, like, you know what I mean? We've got a range of kombucha and stuff. Like, we've got all these things. But yeah. it's just, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I was at a pub the other night and the... The, oh, where was I? It was at that with you. We went out for a bit. I deny everything. Oh, you missed it. Yeah, and the guy comes up and he's all like quite stressed. And he's at the bar and he's got his mask on, and he, he's he's like they're trying to order a drink. And he goes, "Do you have Lucky Saint on draft?" And the guy went, "No." And he went, "Oh, God. mate, go home, go <laughs> home. We don't, we I, I, keep keep your three pounds. Go home, watch TV, keep your mask on. Like, leave us alone." Do you know what I mean? Sympathetic. Yeah. Uh, I mean, to be fair, I did discover that apparently Dry January has been trademarked by, I believe, Alcohol Action or one of the charities. Oh, really? Which, which I find similar because we got an email through sort of saying, you, you must use the trade. Yeah, I mean, talk mm. about trying to restrict something yeah. that you want to grow. I mean, yeah. uh, what are you going to do? How are you going to control that? Every pub's got Dry January written on boards out front. Oh, you haven't got the trademark. Mm. The thing is, you almost, you almost get... you almost it, it, It's a bad situation because we all go... Everyone's doing dry January, so we've got to put a dry January offer on. 
and we've got to do vegan, you know, we've got to do all these things. To, and then we, we're sort of facilitating the demand mm -hmm. by going, hey, it's dry January, come and, you know, have this and have this and it's veganism and all that. And we're, we're facilitating that. And then we're just getting more and more of that. Oh, you're meeting the demand. Well, yeah, but you're not really. You just and you get all these people, and then there's the ones who go, "God, maybe I should be doing dry January," and you know what I mean. And then we suddenly it becomes more and more and more and more, and we snowball it. Do you know what I mean? Big room full of dry well, vegans. Why? Yeah, but why don't they just be responsible? Why don't they cut me? Why don't they just take responsibility for their action all year round instead of putting it into one month and thinking they're a fucking hero? Well done for not drinking for the month, mate. Congratulations. Oh, you didn't eat meat all month. Well done, you. And then they go and smash it harder at the rest of the year. Like, they, well, like these are the same people who go and do these marathons and get medals and think, mm -hmm. who walk around after the London Marathon and thinking they're heroes. You're not. Uh, Just be responsible all year round. I think, they I think annoy me. He's right into this. <laughs> it's, I think we're, we're, gonna be, we're probably going to touch on this in the, uh, later on in the podcast. So I'm going to I'm going to park that one there for the moment. Because, Let's get the blood uh, pressure down. We're yeah. just going to get him wound up a little bit, and then we'll we'll, we'll release him. Simmering through that was not it. Let's uh, Simmering. Let's move on. You're listening to the Lock-In Podcast, and we're now going to take a look at finances. Christmas was clearly brutal for a lot of operators with significant downturns in expectations. We normally expect to bulk up a bit on fat at the Christmas period to see us through the dismal months ahead, and James, we didn't mean you to take that literally. <laughs> Actually. Fair enough. <laughs> That's a year-round commitment. It, it, well, there we go. It's, uh, that hasn't happened, obviously, so we've now got financial advisor Chris Warden from First Business Rescue with us to give us some practical advice on operators should be thinking about for the months ahead. So, uh, Chris, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate you coming on board. I mean, what, what are you sort of seeing at the moment? What's, what's, the, uh, what's the marketplace like? Um, listen, it's tough out there, isn't it, for... for, for for your industry, I mean, it, it was, I think it was tough for people before COVID. Mm. You, you know, I think the, you know, I, I work in, in insolvency and business restructuring and I think the industry as a whole was on a knife edge before March 2020. And um, I think we've seen a lot of people, like you say, that they've not got the wool on the backs that they expected after a December. So that's a nicer the, way of putting it, James. It is, yeah, it? No, it's really been, nice. I yeah, yeah. I've like not heard that. Yeah, no. Yeah, um, and and they're, they're coming in, they're pulling their hair out. You know, mm. I spoke to um, I spoke to a lady today. Um, she got a pub down on the south coast, and th they did the you know the bulk of their trade. Um, you know, Christmas would be you know Christmas parties. Trade seemed to have dropped off over Christmas. I mean, the Christmas parties, less people people were going out. I was in London on the 20th of December, and it, it was eerily quiet. And the, mm. the cab drivers were telling me there, there was nobody about. So, yeah, it's bleak. I'm, I'm sorry, I, I can't be more positive. But, yeah, <laughs> it, it was hard for people mm. before December last year, and it just seems to be another nail in, in the coffin. I mean... I, I, do you think? I mean, what should be people be thinking about now? I mean, like we said, it was it was tough before Christmas. It was tough for COVID, particularly tough before Christmas. They haven't had the Christmas to 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 fall back on to try and claw some of that back. What should they be thinking about? I think it, it's it's all about um, trying to save some money. Try try, try trying to um, 
help the cash flow at the moment. So the, the key things that, that business owners need to do if they've not already done, um, obviously bounce back loans, C-bills are becoming repayable or are repayable for many people. Um, if they've not already done so, I think people should seriously consider the pay-as-you-grow option. And that allows you to go on to the bank that has lent you the money and you can either take a six-month uh, holiday without making any type of repayment. Mm. Obviously, you will pay more interest, but the interest is minimal. Um, or if you've taken that option, you may look to go on interest only for six months. Mm. Uh, again, you're spreading your, your, your loan out longer. You're going to pay more interest, but it, it, it's buttons in the grand scale of things. Um, or actually extending the loan from six years to 10 years it's going to bring your monthly payments down um by almost half so again helping helping with that cash flow and it's really easy to do um when you've taken the loan the bank that lent you the money when you log on to your online banking there will be an option to to use the pay as you grow so so that's one thing i i, I advise everybody to look at mm. if they're struggling um the, uh, <laughs> I get a lot of inquiries from people who have arrears with the HMRC and they're like really frightened about the revenue and you'll like this analogy that when I used to go out on a Friday night um, and I told my missus I was going to be home at tea time after a couple of uh, afternoons, <laughs> I obviously get a taste for it. Now, if I did not ring her again to roll in at 12 o'clock, there would be bloodshed. You know, I would be in trouble. But if I sort of checked in with her at 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, saying, listen, I'm having a great time. I'm not going to, I'm not coming home just yet. Um, She'd still kill you. She wasn't as mad when I walked in. And it's the same with the revenue. If you bury your head under the sand, you're going to have an enforcement agent at your door. And that's happening now. And, it, you know, it's bad for business. Mm. You, you can have a pub restaurant and, and a bailiff walks in. Now, even if they walk in at the moment, most of the enforcement agents are, are quite solution-orientated. They just want you to be aware of what you owe and how you're going to repay it. But eventually, they'll levy goods. Mm. Now, you've got to speak to them. You've got to say, listen, I'm struggling right now. And... There's a thing called a time-to-pay arrangement. And pre-COVID, you could get a time-to-pay arrangement over 12 months, tops. And if you was looking to spread any arrears over three years, you'd be looking at a formal insolvency procedure called a CVA. Now, now you could pick up the phone to HMRC today if you owe VAT, corporation tax, pay-as-you-earn, and negotiate to pay that over a three-year period. Okay. Um, Okay, they're going to want quite a lot of information, um, but but that, and if you're in a time to pay arrangement at the moment, as a lot of people are, and they're struggling to pay, get on the phone, renegotiate that time to pay arrangement, because here's the reality, certainly for the limited companies out there, if they don't agree to a repayment they're going to force a business into liquidation, and very, you know, it's highly likely they'll get nothing back. Mm. So they're very flexible at the moment and very understanding. So don't don't put off the call. Don't worry about speaking to the. As I say, people have this this picture of the scary HMRC, and at the moment that they are 
reasonable and, and they want to help business. Is that because of the situation we're in, do you think? Or, or do you think they're just, they've become more flexible? Or is it a COVID um, factor? I think the HMRC have always been relatively decent to deal with. You know, if unless you're a serial offender and you keep breaking promises to them. <laughs> then they can be problematic but yeah, yeah i think in light of what's um gone on they're aware you know nobody and this is not the right way to run a business okay but lots of businesses especially in the trade is they will um probably have some hmr series and they'll think right i'm going to pay it at the start of next year when i've caught up and i've got all my christmas money in well what happened in 2020 that didn't happen did it you you know when we got locked down in march people didn't pay the hmr series they kept it to survive then they lost all the summer so most people who listen to this i imagine will have some issue with the hmrc or a lot of the smaller ones get on the phone talk to them and if you've got no money to pay them now tell them that that there's no cash in the till i'll check in with you in a month again you've just got to communicate to them and let them know what's going on i guess that's probably good advice generally isn't it to 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 any situation that you're in whether it's to the whether your money with a bank or landlord or anything like this is keep the channels open keep mm. communicating don't just close those doors because like you say it's uh, it, it it doesn't help all that creates is uh friction i guess yeah and, and they don't know what's going on mm. a lot of legal action would come from well if someone owes me money and they're just not picking the phone up well what else can i do i mean i put a note down is any any other creditors that you've got suppliers energy bills you, you know um rates or whatever it is if you can't afford to pay them let them know and keep checking in with them and they'll appreciate that and try and renegotiate um you know better deals if if things are coming up for renewal i mean i don't want to touch on energy prices because ouch but other things that might be coming up for renewal you know merchant terminals anything that that that, that's provided to you try and get a better deal um it's difficult isn't it because everything is is going up and i guess every business is in that position i mean heath james are you finding i mean looking to renegotiate or do any of these things i mean how Constantly looking at what's going on, you know, like you can look at credit card terminals, you can waste so much time with people looking at fees. But yeah, I suppose the hard part is is the electricity right now and all those sort of utilities and everything's just going up. And the reality is you've just got to put your prices up and it's hard to put your prices up if you're not busy. Yeah. Because then you're just deterring people from coming to the pub even more, mm-hmm. scaring them away. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, it's, 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 you know, and we've got, you know, corporation tax due, you've got, like, you've got, you, everyone, if you're a company director, you've got to pay your, your, your tax bill coming up. It's, it's a, it's a bloodbath of January after a really shit Christmas. Mm. Do you know what I mean? For a lot of operators. So, I mean, yeah. Looking at sources of, of, of funding then, I mean, Chris, have you got any advice on, on guys of where they could look to, to, to try and seek out some funding to, to tide themselves over? Or is that just not a, an option at the moment? Well, it depends, doesn't it? I mean, if you, you've you got to have that difficult conversation and go, right, is throwing more money at this the, the right thing to do? Mm. And for some people, that the answer will be yes. It's a short-term problem that they're going to trade through. And you, you've got... I've got an opinion on this, on this scheme, the recovery loan scheme. You know, it, it was... 
um, brought out as, you know, with the flag saying this was going to be fantastic for businesses. And I found it really hard for people to access that funding. Not impossible by any any stretch of the imagination, but, but it, it, it is tougher to get. That's the recovery loan scheme that was brought out by the government. Um, there's obviously bank funding out there. That, that There are lenders that are willing to lend, but you've got to present a pretty solid picture. What, what, I don't want to name names, um, for fear of being sued but th there are some lenders that you know stay away stay away from mm. um and I, again this lady today she, she'd this is a lender you know sky high rates personally guaranteed and mum's had to put a house as a security and she oh, said chris can you do anything about this and i'm like honestly they are terrible mm. you, you know because uh, even if you've signed a personal guarantee, the reality is you'll be able to negotiate it down. You're not going to walk away not paying anything, but there's always the ability to negotiate. So just be careful before you take any expensive funding. Um, if you're having to, to go to those expensive lenders with the high rates that want you, you know, to, to put your second child up, mm. you know, you need to question, are you doing the right thing? Because... You know, th there's a lot of restructures going on in this industry at the moment. Um, if mm. the business has literally just been killed by, <laughs> there's not an industry that's been as hard hit, is there? You, you know, mm. I, I, I'm used to dealing with directors in distress. That's what we do. It's the type of director that has come across our paths since march 2020 you know people who've had establishments 20 years they've paid hundreds of thousands of pounds worth of tax mm. and from having a great business that they're on the knees and and, and they, they, they've just not recovered so potentially restructuring um is something that people want to consider it, it depends mm. they, they, they've got to look at the facts and perhaps get independent advice before they make any decisions Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I'm afraid we are pretty much out of time, Chris. We've barely scratched the surface of this, so we'll probably something we'll come back to. So we may well tap you up down the line. But thank you very much for that. No problem at all. Thanks a lot for having me on. This is the Lock-In Podcast with myself, Ed Bennington, Heath Ball and James Cuthbertson. We're hearing about rising costs and food is certainly not exempt from that. With all sorts of challenges at the moment, so let's talk about food supplies, Brexit impact and the campaign to turn us all vegan in January. The interestingly named Veganuary. To help us do that, we've got the very important Vice President of the National Farmers Union, Stuart Roberts, joining us. Stuart, thanks for joining us. Well, thank you, Ed. It would be really, really inappropriate for me to point out I'm the deputy president of the NFU rather than the vice president because that would show your lack of research. So I won't, I won't point that out. Uh, and it's, uh, it's a Hang pleasure on. to join you. one job in. Wait a minute. One job. Uh, You've been demoted. No, no, no. Promoted. Oh, promoter. Oh, there we go. Well, actually, I'm disappointed because he told me that the president of vice was coming on. <laughs> I was really quite excited about it. <laughs> I mean, I did, that's to be fair. A, that's in a different episode. <laughs> to be fair, I did try and get the president, but she was too busy and we're stuck with him instead. So um, thanks, Steve, for taking the time out. Appreciate it. It's, um, uh, it's a, real, a real pleasure to join you, gents, this afternoon. I'm already regretting this, but there we go. Um, so <laughs> let's, let's start off. I mean, what's, what's the official NFU, National Farmers Union, stance on Veganuary? And then what's yours? 
Well, look, the, uh, the, 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 clearly there is no difference between the NFU stance <laughs> and the deputy president of the NFU stance. That would be entirely inappropriate. The, the reality is, look, first off, what people choose to, to eat, what people choose for their diet is entirely up to them. That's personal choice. Uh, and, and I think it's, it's completely inappropriate for anyone to, uh, to suggest otherwise. But what I do, yeah, uh, I do get, uh, I do get frustrated at times when, uh, when people jump on the, if you like, the anti-meat bandwagon, which, which for me, January always starts with a J. It always has done. It always will. But, but when they jump on the bandwagon, they sort of treat all meat as, as it's the same. You know, meat's bad, plants are good. The reality is, we know uh, certainly some of the plant-based alternatives are, are are not good. They're so full of sodium. They're um, they're certainly not good for you, uh, and not all meat is bad. You know, we have good meats, we have bad meats, we have good alternatives, we have bad alternatives. And the reality is, Ed, it's about a healthy, balanced diet. Uh, and for me, that's about meat and two veg. Uh, I mean, looking, I mean, you, you, you touched on the kind of the thing of having it sort of concentrated, and we may have talked about this earlier as well, concentrated into a month or a month for this. I mean, January is probably not the best time to be kind of promoting a, a vegetarian diet when particularly if you're looking at it from a, an environmental point of view, surely, you know, how much of this stuff are we having to ship in? You know, we don't see this stuff growing quite so happily in January, do we? Well, look, there is there is plenty of British red meat available 12 months of the year. Uh, and, and you know, I don't think for me it's a, it's a seasonal issue. Look, for me, the big issue is January can be a bloody miserable month. And actually, when it's cold outside, what I want is a decent piece of red meat, well-sourced, uh, from provenance. I know how it was, cons- it was made. Uh, and I want it accompanied with some decent vegetables and uh, why wouldn't you want that in January? Oh, I assume some red wine, not not any alcohol-free uh, grape juice. Uh, no, I'm, I, I, I do. I, you will be pleased to know I am not mm. signed up to the uh, the dry January campaign. Uh, no, I can uh, certainly have a glass of red wine with my, uh, with my red meat. Um, and actually, in doing so, I know I'm eating some of the best protein that's, uh, that's available to man. James Heath, are you have you embraced the the veganuary uh, movement? Are you uh, holding your vegan menus? I've just finished eating some tofu now. Ed, like I did wonder what that was. No, like I was looking at sales last week at the Red Lion, and we were I was looking at you know we did so many covers, and ten percent of it was vegetarian vegan food. Right. So my customer, you know, we've got options. We don't have a big menu, but we've got options. But people are. I think, you know, those who are smart know when... I don't... Like I said earlier, I don't think it should be one month of like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm a hero, I'm not eating meat and I'm not drinking, well done me, and then the rest of the 11 months you're smashing it. I think if mm. people were just a bit more responsible about their diet, like you said, well-balanced, healthy, you know, and, and good quality meat, I think that's where the way people should be looking at. They should be responsible all year round, not acting like they're a hero because they haven't gone to the pub all month or eaten eat any steak, you know what I mean? I think it needs to, people just need to be responsible all year round. I like James. I think it brings up that sort of um, constant vegan question. Really, I think they're always talking about being better represented on menus and things like that. But I think if you actually did it as proportional representation versus you know uh, uh, dishes on the menu, they're probably well over catered for. Yeah, and if you look places, at the number of yeah, percentages, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. percentage of vegans versus. The but they're the ones who cry have. the most about stuff. They're never mm. fucking happy. Mm. They're always, oh, you need more vegan options. Well, how many do you need? At least you know you can be cheeky back to them and they push back because they're not strong enough to fight you. The ones that kill me are the ones who are, who are vegan <laughs> for the month, but then also gone to be gluten intolerant. 
Yeah. So then they're cutting out another thing. You know what I mean? It's mm. just like, give us, give it, you know, help us out a bit. Yeah, we want mm. you to come and spend your money, but don't make it impossible for us to make you happy. Mm. Here's your oat milk. Jog on. No, but it's, you can't have oat milk. Yeah, oh. you can't. Well, you can't. Well, yeah. they don't kill I mean, oats. There's no animals involved. I know, in but they, they're, they're gluten-free now as well. Oh, is it gluten-free? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, that didn't mean for that. I mean, just yeah, no, but I'm saying, you're dealing with all these... Yeah. People give themselves the weed... It's an eating disorder, really. They're giving themselves all these... <laughs> it's true, though. They've, they've made up the shit in their head. So vegan No, just the whole thing. They've gone right. down this path and they read some shit on the internet and it's like they've gone down that road and they've got these weird eating habits. Like, man, just chill out. Mm. Like, well, they, 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 the other thing for me is, is some of these things that they, they actually sometimes don't look at, at evidence. They almost feel like a religion. Yeah. You know, it's, mm. uh, that Blind certainly faith. seems to be how it, how it comes across a lot of the time. And for me, actually, I, and this is a, a massive uh, uh, confession maybe, I don't think it is, but actually sometimes I think the vegan option on a menu looks good. I've, I have mm. had good uh, some fantastic uh, vegan options on menus. And actually for me, it's just about having a mixed menu um, mm. and each of us having a balanced diet. And, and Didn't have his glasses the, uh, on, it was venison. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's, it is about, you know, healthy balance but unfortunately as is so much of society at the moment we have to inhabit one of the the polar extremes we've either got to be that that big fat red-faced butcher from the midlands telling you to eat more why is he looking at james or eat no meat uh yeah no i i don't think you're from the midlands are you but um, just just hiding it yeah for, for, for me it is about that middle ground and it is about you know, actually, when you're going to have meat, let's think about it. Let's let's think about how it was produced, where it was produced. Um, you know, maybe people consume a bit less, but they eat a bit better. Well, I think um, that's the, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I was no. going to say that I think the problem we've got, and I look at it, and I think there's there's too much cheap meat on the market, and it's too readily available, and it's easy, and it's just you know people aren't. We need to get people in the habit of buying quality and and. You know, moving away from that and having less but better quality. Meat. Same as bread. I, I, so much rubbish bread about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't get me started. I, on I think it's a it's a really good point you make. That the, the, the reality is first time for good, qual- good quality red meat. Okay, that is grass fed. So so mm. I used to. Here's another omission. This is a, this is like a confessional this afternoon. Mm. I, I used to weigh 26 stone. Ed, you'll re- you'll remember me in those days. Mm-hmm. I looked like I was the first human being to develop a rumen. I'd got. Like I'd certainly got four stomachs, but the reality is, I, no human being has ever been able to digest cellulose. Okay, and actually, what cattle and and sheep can do is they can take grass that you and I can't eat. They can turn it into high quality protein. That should never be a cheap option actually it can be a great value option if you look at the nutrient density of it but for me if you just commoditize red meat and and unfortunately that does sometimes happen then you are massively underselling it and and you make a really valuable point we should value meat we should ask questions about meat arguably uh you know that there is that less but better argument you can then have a definition around what is better but for me you know well-sourced, well-provenanced, quality meat um, is never going to be the cheap option on the on the menu, and neither should it be. Uh, it's, I mean, it's, there's also the, the arguments of, of meat being a, a very efficient uh, delivery vehicle for nutrition and, and production methods around the world. It's very easy to produce all the time. There's all sorts of benefits to that, and, and it's an argument you can go round and round. Interesting one, though, this week is, um, I don't know whether you saw this, Stu, or whether you guys saw it, Gaucho has launched a, a carbon-neutral <coughs> steak. 
Mm. Um, so basically, you buy the stake and they plant a tree. I think is the it's not a particularly new concept mm. in in that kind of thing, but it's that's what they're aiming for, isn't it? I mean, what, what are your thoughts on that, Stu? Are you uh, well? I, I think rushing I think to gaucho. Well, I think we've we've got to be careful. First of all, actually, Ed, there's only two people in my life that have ever got away with calling me Stu. Um, <laughs> one of one of them was my mother, and the other one is one of my sons. So I don't know where you thought you could get away with that. Lovely. the reality first is, time it's unless, of course, it, unless of course it's a decent a decent beef stew with plenty of red tractor <laughs> British beef in it. But, but the reality is, um, we've got to be careful. I think with with some of the the uh, some of the claims around carbon neutral, I'm not saying this about necessarily about Gaucho or anyone else, it's got to be real. Um, so actually, it's got to be about the product itself. It can't be about some sort of greenwash. And I think that's something consumers are getting more alert to. But what I do know is there are very, very different carbon footprints in accordance to different production systems. So if I take, uh, I'm going to fly the British flag, as you'd expect me to do, the carbon footprint of British beef is 50% lower than the global average. Yet we talk about red meat in this, it's all the same. And I think therefore actually consumers can definitely uh, make conscious decisions, conscious buying decisions to lower their footprint and still consume fantastic quality red meat that as you point out is also uh, an amazing healthy product in terms of some of the nutrients and and macronutrients you get from it. I mean, moving away from this conscious of time, um, with what's happened with Brexit, um, and we're looking at the uh, rising cost of food supplies. I mean, what's your take on that, as uh, from from the farmers' union point of view? I mean, how do you see things moving <coughs> forward in terms of food supply situation? Well, look, we've certainly seen some some huge challenges. I, I don't need to talk to you guys about the hospitality uh, sector, which, which you know has really been been through the mill this last couple of years. And I think, you know, is it Brexit? Is it COVID? Is it a combination of the two plus other things? What I do know is that uh, you know the, the times are getting tight. I'm looking at inflation on farms running, you know, in some places into into double figure percentages, uh, if not greater. Um, and therefore, actually, you know, we are heading to a, a period where uh, where inflation is is going to be the, <coughs> if you like, probably the the big watchword. But what I then know is actually people will be more discerning about what they spend their money on. And I think that's where, uh, in mm. terms of value, that offering that you you put on you, know, you put on your plates, that offering that I produce on my farm, will, will arguably come under more and more scrutiny. And I think if that's the case, I think that's a good thing for British farming. We've got mm. some of the, the best systems in the world, some of the best farmers in the world, some of the best foods in the world. And look, they're put on some of the best menus in the world in establishments that, that you guys uh, you guys work in. I mean, are you guys conscious? I mean, do you consciously look to source British? I mean, he's going to take all that Brazilian zabu meat off your menu. But, um. <laughs> yeah, like we do. I think that's, but that's the way we've always looked at it. Do you know what I mean? Try and buy as sort of local as we can, or you know, as good quality as we can. We don't, you know, I know we don't go and buy corn-fed USDA whatever steaks and stuff. It's all mm. very British you know, grass fed and stuff. So it's always been, you know, I mean, we always, we're, we're trying to give a quality product. We're not, you know, we're not doing things mm. on the cheap. So. I, had a, I had a question, Stuart. Um, notice not the absence of stew there because um, oh, it's the first time we met. Um, 
but we've talked about red tractor and you know husbandry and all these sort of things that make you feel good but you mentioned you'd lost a lot of weight there 26 stone before i had a very serious question about that and i'm sure it was fueled by no by meat and um and two veg but would you be prepared to sell any of your old clothes to me (laughs) 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 for asking such a a fantastic question you you can be the third person in history that i'm going to give permission to call me Stu. (laughs) (laughs) well done um, I, I tell you what, I would, I would love to, uh, I would love to sell you some of my old clothes, but at the moment they're uh, they're being hired out to various pantomimes around the uh, around the country, uh, and uh, and I, let's put it this way, I hope I never ever need them again. <laughs> Fantastic. Brilliant. Okay, Stu Art, thank you for that. Uh, really appreciate you uh, getting involved. Um, that's all we've got time for, but uh, thank you very much. Thanks, Stu. You're listening to the Lock In podcast, and we are at the end of this fortnight's episode. So, uh, just to wrap up, I think you know we've 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 covered some uh, interesting topics here. The one thing we didn't cover was what he did while his wife was away. I worked Edward. I had eight members of staff off sick in one week. Wait, like 95 hours. Cover it quicker and see what Heath didn't do while his wife was away. <laughs> well, that probably might be quicker. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's his story and he's sticking to it. Um, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> There's a can of worms right there. Anyway, let's let's not let's not. He's, he's flicking fingers at me and all sorts. It's very very distressing. Fun um, was restricted by a number of staff off sick. Obviously, I'll just hurry up with it. <laughs> <laughs> Both of you make shit jokes all the time. <laughs> Come on then, Ed. Let's right, go on. New Year's resolutions. It's that time of year. What were your New Year's resolutions, boys, before we uh, pull the plug on this? I don't uh, believe in that stuff. Oh, that's so middle class, isn't it? No. What are your New Year's resolutions? Piss off. No, I'm so weak. Brilliant. I know I shouldn't make them. So, so what my, did you make? It's not to make false promises to myself. Okay. Just continue to eat <laughs> bad Fucking food, boring, drink too it? much, and be abusive. <laughs> abusive to who? Well, you two for oh, starters. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> be fine. Probably um, to try and do more European travel, I think, if okay. I can, if, if yeah. things allow. I mean, I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, it'd be quite nice to go away soon. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, now go, restrictions are. Are, are you different. going somewhere, are you? Oh, well, don't right, for okay, asking me. Yeah, 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 San yeah, Sebastian oh, on right, Thursday. Yeah, good, um, thank you for good, asking. Good, good. Yeah. I'd like to know you're busy. You'd, you'd like that. Too busy to record a weekly podcast, but you can fuck off to San Sebastian. No one listens to it anyway. Research. I know. Yeah. Just gonna go and eat. Heath. Yep. Resolution. Oh no. Give me one. Give me one. Come on. We can hold you to it and we can review it in a year's time. I don't think I'd have one. Like uh stop drinking your wine from the cellar when you're drunk. Oh god. <laughs> uh maybe maybe I don't know, read more. I keep on buying yeah. books and never never reading them. Okay. Mm-hmm. A bit boring as well. Isn't oh, it? And you, Ed. Uh, let's probably spend less time with you two twats. I think. Oh, there we go. The, uh, <laughs> That's a really good best, one. The best one. There, oh come on, there must be something. No, else. I, something I think I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to ditch you on the trip. I'm not going to come on the trip to San oh. Sebastian because uh, I wasn't invited. I mean, I wasn't going to go anyway. Um, how about how about how that. about trying to use just for men, like for a while, just <laughs> see what happens. <laughs> That could that be? You could be like, imagine it would take thirty years. You're off just you. jealous. You'd look sixty. You're just jealous that I have some hair, not a lot, but some. Yeah, oh, and That's the wind's going to blow one day, and it's all going to go. Well, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, uh, yeah. I've got at least I've got hair to use just for men for. So. Yeah. Anyway, on that note, I think we will leave it there. Um, you have been listening to the Lock In Podcast. We will be back in a couple of weeks as we're now broadcasting these podcasts fortnightly because they're going off to San Sebastian. Uh, in the meantime, stay safe, and we'll be back on air shortly. <laughs>